G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 209, brought to you by our Patreon members community. Without the support of our patrons, we simply couldn't be bringing you this podcast each and every week and do what we do in the intermittent fasting community. So it's a big shout out to the new members of the Patreon community. Uh, thank you to all members of the Patreon community for your support. It's been fantastic. It's been highly successful. It's helped a lot of people get back on track or just maintain what they're doing and also given a chance for others to pay it forward with their experience. Let's get on with today's podcast and I'm really delighted to have back Michelle Montone. And Michelle was on the podcast first way back in 2021 and a lot's happened for her since then, as you'll hear in this episode. And Michelle is now a podcast host in her own right. She has a wonderful podcast called The Fast and Fabulous Podcast. She has a large Facebook group of the same name. And she also is well known on Instagram as Clean Fasting Mama. But Michelle's going to give us a recap of what she's up to these days. And we're going to discuss intermittent fasting and get Michelle to give us some insights and tips and tricks about what she's learned from living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. So here she is to join us, the amazing Michelle Montone. Oh, g'day, Michelle. Nice to see you back on the Fasting Highway. Hey, Graham. How are you? Good morning to you. Very early morning here in Australia, 7 a.m. But, you know, when it comes to Michelle Montone, a fast and fabulous podcaster, I'll be out of bed bright and early to talk to you anytime. And, and Michelle, we've had you on the podcast before and back in episode 165 in an earlier episode. So if people want to go back and look up that. But what I might do is just get a bit of a recap, if you wouldn't mind, for people that might just be tuning in for the first time. Sure, Graham. Um, so my hello, my name is Michelle Montone. I have a podcast. It's called Fast and Fabulous. I've been fasting for almost four years. It will be four years in January um, 24th, actually, of this year. And um, for the Reader's Digest version of my very long journey with intermittent fasting, um, I lost 50 pounds back in 2020, and I've kept it off over the past four years. I've had many, many ups and downs, as life does hand to you. However, I've been successful in sustaining this lifestyle over the past four years through lots of life changes. So it's been wonderful. Um, and, you know, way more than weight loss, way, way, way more than weight loss. Lots of lots of non-scale victories. Yeah, I certainly know what you mean. And it isn't just all about the weight loss, is it, Michelle? So your evolution yeah. from a person that started intermittent fasting, had great success, lost that 50 pounds, and then you had that passion to share. 
one of the ideas that you had was to start your amazing podcast, the Fast and Fabulous podcast. And anybody out there that's interested in intermittent fasting, I highly recommend that you take a listen to Michelle. She has some great insights. She has some fantastic guests on. Uh, you know, I've been on there not saying that I'm fantastic, but, you know, it's been a real pleasure to be on. Yes, this. you are. <laughs> I mean, you you have a really great handle on this, Michelle, which I love about you. But, Thanks, you know, and, and you also have a Facebook group, too, don't you? Just tell us a bit about that. I do. And um, if you are interested in joining, it is closed to the public. However, um, if you message me privately on Facebook, I will uh, let you in. As long as you are a clean faster, we so like like you, Graham. You know, we only support the clean fast, and um, it's called Fast Feast Repeats Advanced Support for Clean Fasting. It's on Facebook. Um, like I said, it's not going to show up if you search for it, but if you find me, Michelle Montone, on Facebook, um, I will go ahead and um, just send me a, a private message and tell me um, that you, you're interested, and I'll, I'll shoot you an invite. Yeah, it's certainly a great group. And what I say to people about thinking about joining Facebook groups, find one that's got a good vibe, find one that's got a like-minded tribe to you and find one without drama, without aggression, without argument, because there are a lot of groups like that. We don't want negativity in our intermittent fasting lifestyle. And I think it's important when people are looking into joining Facebook groups that they find one that's got a nice vibe, one that's very supportive and one free of drama because Lord knows there's enough drama going on everywhere else in the world, isn't there? There really is. And, you know, this is something that's supposed to be a healing process for so many and a support group. And when we have negativity or um, drama, it's just, it really negates what we're here for. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, I don't put up with anything like that. So it's a very positive environment, very inclusive. Yeah. It certainly is. But Michelle, I just wanted to tap into your intermittent fasting journey for a minute and losing 50 pounds. What has that done for you? What has it changed your life and how has it enhanced your life? How has it made how you think about yourself, your daily life? I know you've got, you're a mum to two young children. Uh, tell us all about that and how intermittent fasting has really enhanced your life. Oh my goodness. That is such a multi-layered answer. So Intermittent fasting has really affected my life in every facet you can possibly imagine from the weight loss, which is huge in itself because, you know, just physically you're able to do a lot more than you were before. You're not getting fatigued all day. You have more energy. Um, I can play with my kids easier. Um, but be beyond the weight loss, <laughs> there's been so many health benefits, which has kept me here, which has kept me talking to people like you doing my podcast and the health benefits alone really outweigh the weight loss for me without a doubt. Um, but the health benefits for me have been, I, I gosh, I really could go on a very long time about this, but the major health benefits have been my IBS went away you know, my constant migraines went away. Um, my confidence level just went through the roof. I know that's not really a, a health benefit, but, you know, I, I was at very high risk for prediabetes. I did, um, unfortunately get gestational diabetes with my second pregnancy. 
And so that does put a female at higher risk for developing prediabetes, type two diabetes. And I was very insulin resistant. Now at the time I had no idea what insulin resistance was, but now looking back at all of the symptoms I had, I was 100% insulin resistant. Um, I was able to reverse that completely and correct so many, not just physical things, but also like mental things, mental clarity, brain fog. I mean, I just can't imagine having been forced to move on in life at the weight I was, at the age I was with two very young children that you need a lot of energy. I was a stay at home mom. So I was like 24 seven on the clock, you know, no breaks. Um, my husband worked long hours. I had a lot on my plate and I can't imagine having to move through life at almost 200 pounds. I'm five, three. I had joint aches, body aches. Like I felt old and I was 38. I was like, uh, what am I going to feel like when I'm 48, 58, 68, 78? This is not okay. So I would say that the overall feeling of just elevated health, energy, not having to go to the doctor as often. It's, it's absolute freedom. Yeah. Absolute freedom. hundred percent. Freedom is a word that I use a lot and also in a calm and peace with food at last, you know, peace with the way I, yes. I deal with food. I think about food. I consume food. You know, I'm now rewired to know that I need to eat what makes me feel my greatest to keep to my health goals and, you know, I've been maintaining now for over four years in a range of four to six pounds, two to three kilos, fairly well. And I really love that about intermittent fasting, that you can actually sustain it. And that's the thing I really loved about the whole box and dice about intermittent fasting, that it was A, a simple and B, it was sustainable. Like you could actually do it. And it wasn't something you needed to be a chore. Like you don't have to wake up every day and get a book out and count things and write things down and weigh your food and that sort of thing. You simply fast for a period of time, feast for a period of time, complement that clean fast. And we will talk about that a bit because I know your pathway and you're so passionate about this now, Michelle, led you to uh, being an intermittent fasting coach. So just tell us about that part of your intermittent fasting journey and how that came about. It really was just kind of like a organic kind of thing that happened. So I, I started the podcast and I was trying to think of ways I can fund the podcast of, you know, ways that I, I really liked doing. And I like helping people get healthy. I like helping people find this freedom. So I started really, really small and um, it kind of escalated from there. And I've helped, you know, well over a couple dozen people at this point you know, find health, find this freedom, ditch diet brain. And it feels really good on my end. But at the same time, it's like, I want to change as many lives as I can, not for me, but because I could be changing the life of somebody else who becomes a sharing person like I am, who can change 
X amount of lives. And maybe one of those people becomes a sharing person and they're going to change X amount of lives. So there goes the cycle and we keep changing the lives and sharing this freedom because it's, I mean, yeah, fasting is free. Sure. But it is always so wonderful to have somebody kind of like holding your hand, pushing you in the right direction, being your accountability partner. And let's face it, the best athletes in the world have coaches, the best ones. And so if you want to be the best at something, you're going to find a coach. And I know you do some coaching and I'm sure your clients have found so much success. And so it's the same thing is like we as coaches just really want our clients to find this freedom like we have. And so that's really my mission is to help as many people as I can. Yeah. So you also have that passion to pay it forward if you like. And I feel like that too. And, yeah. you know, one of the things I don't know about you, Michelle, when you got the weight off your body, it's sort of, you still want to stay plugged into your community and the tribe of like-minded people that you're with. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this or how successful you've been at it. You still need people around you like I do. I still need people around me like you and other people in my community because they inspire me and they motivate me to stay the course. Because absolutely, a lot of people will come to intermittent fasting, they'll get the weight off and they're in communities and that sort of thing. And then you hear a lot from them and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them. And from time to time, I'll message people like that and I'll say, you know, how are you going? And they'll say that they're struggling. And it's almost like a shame that they don't want to say that they've been struggling because they were so successful with it. You know, so there is sometimes you have to help people get back on the path and, you know, find their way. Mm -hmm. I know if I knew about coaching, and I'll be honest about this, if I knew about intermittent fasting coaching when I first started, I would look one up because I thrive in that type of one-on-one -on -one environment. And like you said, elite sportsmen have coaches, elite businessmen have coaches. I'm sure Elon Musk and those types of people have business coaches that they can motivators like Tony Robbins. They have 12 of the most you know high profile businessmen in the world that he motivates and coaches every year. And yet these people are hugely successful. So coaching can help you tweak. It can help you stay on the right track. And the other thing for me about coaching is a lot of people don't want their washing hung out, so to speak, about their weight and their life on social media. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be on social media. They're not on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. So I have quite a few people come to me that aren't actually in those domains. They're just people that say, hey, Graham, we found you. We heard about you. You know, we'd like you to help us get going with this intermittent fasting. We don't want to be on Facebook. We don't want to be on Instagram. Or if they are, they're just people that like to watch and lurk and they're, you know, quite shy and private people. So so Michelle, what we're going to move on to now is we're just going to tap into your experience and I guess my experience. And we get a few questions sent in from time to time, which I like to store up when I, I talk to people like yourself to deal with these on a daily basis. But one of the questions we, we get often from people, they get confused about what's a clean fast and what's a dirty fast. And I know for people listening mm -hmm. out there, you might've heard this question, but Believe me, there's hundreds of you people every week that are tapping into the Fasting Highway podcast, groups like Michelle or her podcast. So they may not understand what a clean and dirty fast is. So just let's quickly touch on that. So clean and dirty, basically 
clean means that there's no flavors. There's no food. Obviously you're fasting. Uh, although there's products out there now that will tell you something different. So no food, no flavors, um, no fake sugars, no, no sugar at all, no creamer in your coffee. Um, dirty fasting would be if you like put creamer in your coffee, drank a Coke Zero during your fast or, you know, put honey in your tea. So we are talking zero flavors, zero uh, taste at all. The Basically the bitter, bitter flavor. So black coffee, water, black tea, plain, unflavored green tea, and that's it. That's all we consume during the clean fast. And that's the only way to fast, in my Correct. opinion. Yeah, look, if you're not clean fasting, um, you're not fasting at all. It's as simple as that. You know, and the reason that we're doing that. it is, is because we want to keep our insulin as low as possible. We want to give that's our right. organs a rest from digestion. We want to give our bodies a chance to tap into our own stores for our energy. So every time you're firing up, you know, you're having some calories like cream in your coffee or you're putting butter in your coffee, you're drinking bone broth, that sort of thing, and you're continually spiking your insulin, you're interfering with the fasting process. And so we want to keep that insulin super low as possible to be able to make the process work because the magic is all about the clean fast and that's 70% of this. So Michelle, let's mm -hmm. move on now. And I want to talk about, a lot of people will say to me, Graham, why do you keep saying intermittent fasting is a lifestyle? Isn't it a diet? Aren't you just on a diet all the time? And I say, no, I'm living a lifestyle. So for you, what's the difference between that, a lifestyle and a diet for you? Well, a diet is, to me, in my head, it's something you do and you stop. And you do it to your goal and then you stop and that's a diet. A lifestyle is a complete shift in the way you live. And that's what this is. Because if you come into this with a mindset that it's just a diet, which it's not, but if you think that, then you're going to think there's an end to it. And when you reach your goal, you'll, if you go back to the way you were eating before, totally, then you probably will gain your way back. Um, but if you shift your mindset going into it saying, I'm going to this as a complete mindset shift a complete lifestyle change, then it will be so much different of a process for you because this is not just a diet. A diet has an end to it. Have you ever started a diet and never stopped it? I can't think of one, but this is a lifestyle. I haven't stopped it in four years. Do I want to? No. Do you want to? No. Would you go back to eating the way you are? No, not at all. And it is a nah. lifestyle for a simple reason. Look, some diets work, right? And But the, the problem with diets is they'll only work short term. So unless you're going to continue to eat soup for the rest of your life, if you're on the soup diet, unless you're on some other crazy diet where can you have to weigh and count everything every single day, you have to go to meetings and you get points and brownie points and all that sort of stuff. And it's a constant battle to keep it up that's where it becomes tough and that's where it's not unsustainable. And that's where people come unstuck because a lot of people in our community, they come from that base. They've been on this roller coaster of diets their whole life. They've been up and down, lost the weight, regained it, lost the weight, regained it, found another diet, found another diet book and away they go. So that's why the difference with intermittent fasting is that you simply get into a nice rhythm. 
you're fasting for a period of time, you're feasting for a period of time. And then when you get the weight off your body, but it, and it's important to know that it's not just about the weight. There's so many other benefits that come from intermittent fasting. So there's the difference between that and diets as well. I mean, I've been on a, a lot of diets, but I never got rid of my psoriasis. Hey, within six months of starting intermittent fasting, psoriasis I had in my body for 20 years of my life, boom, bang, gone. Arthritic fingers I had for 20 or 30 years, boom, bang, gone. You know, all sorts of things were happening in my body aside from the weight loss. So that was from living a lifestyle, A, that was a lot healthier for me. I was eating my food in a more healthier way. I was giving my organs a rest from digestion. I wasn't spiking my insulin all day long from eating mm -hmm. three meals a day and six or 10 snacks is what people are out there telling people to do. And it's just so freeing as well. The freedom that comes from not being tied down by food all day and just consuming food and eating well, getting all your nutrients mm -hmm. and that sort of thing and that you need for your body and just living a really healthy and lovely life. And it does become a lifestyle because I think, and you're probably the same, Michelle, you don't wake up in the morning now and think, oh man, I'm fasting. You just wake up, go about your day. You get your boys up, go off to school, you go down and do your workouts, you do your business, your podcasting or whatever it may be. You do the stuff you need to do for the home. You're not actually consumed by the thought that you're fasting. You're just living a lifestyle where you fast and then it comes to a point in time in the day where you eat. And it couldn't be more simpler than that. And I think that's the difference between a lifestyle and a diet. 100% because every day is not the same. And you're right. I don't focus on myself in the morning. I focus on, uh, well, I do focus on myself in a way. I, you know, I make my coffee, I, I, do, I drink water and I, I have salt it's very important but I'm able to focus on my boys getting them ready to school getting their lunches prepared whatever I have to do for the morning I do work out every day I go do my workout I come home I clean I do my podcast I do uh, I client calls whatever I have to do for the day and then you know one o'clock 12 one I decide it's time to eat um, I do still click a timer. It's just something that's kind of ingrained in me. I know a lot of people kind of lose the timer after a while, but I'm quite attached to mine. So I do keep track of my fasts, um, with an app, which I find very helpful, but it does free up so much time. Um, I do have an earlier window. So I eat when my kids are actually like Monday through Friday, when they're in school, I eat my main meal when they're in school. So I can sit down and enjoy um, every single bite. And when they're here, you know, I'm doing, I'm mom and usually my, my husband um, is on calls late. And so I'm up and down a lot. You know, if I try to eat with them, not to say we don't ever eat together, but during the week when things are kind of chaotic, I eat earlier in the day. And so I'm able to take care of them in the morning. I'm able to take care of them at night and I'm free to like, you know, do all the things I need to do. And I don't have to like focus on food. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you know, you're giving yourself that sort of time as well on that space and personal space, just being able to sit down and enjoy your meal. And then you're re-engaging with the boys when they get home from school and all the sort of jobs that need to be done start there. And, you know, and I think intermittent fasting just gives us so much more time as well. And we're not preparing food and we're not looking for food. 
you know, I'm going to work. I'm not stopping at the drive-throughs anymore. I'm not, you know, running around at lunchtime trying to get some food when I'm at the office, that sort of thing. And it's so freeing not to do that, being able to travel and everybody else is scurrying around looking for food. And it was quite funny, actually, I was just in New Zealand not long ago and I was traveling with this guy and he's an obsessed if he doesn't eat breakfast by eight o'clock, right? He starts getting <laughs> shaky and he starts freaking out. And he's like, oh, no. oh you know, we've got to find somewhere to eat. He said, I'm starving. He said, he said I feel I'm going to faint. I said, mate, you're not going to starve because you're not eating breakfast, let me tell you. I said, you're going to be okay. He said, I don't know how you do this. He said, you didn't eat yesterday to four o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, well, that's pretty much every day what I do. And he said, well, how do you do that? And I said, well, you know, it's just a mindset thing. And, you just, and I'm doing it because I want to give my body a rest from digestion. And every day I feel like I'm giving my organs a free car wash and there's an oompa loompa in there scrubbing all my cells and getting me all nice and fresh. <laughs> and I'm coming out the other side feeling all skippity doo dah and it feels great. And you know what it's like when you come out of that fast and you just feel so good. And then you go into so your eating window and I know you eat quite a high quality sort of type of food as well. And, and that's important, but we'll get to that message in a minute, Michelle, but just carrying on with the questions, you know, people say to me, well, Graham, what if IF doesn't actually work? And how do you even know if IF is working if you don't see the weight loss straight away? And how long should I mm. give it before I, I think about if it is working? That's a good question. That is a great one because I'll tell you, it doesn't happen the same for everybody, right? So there are some people that'll drop 10 pounds in their first month and it's incredible and great job. And, you know, they just take to fasting and it's, it's wonderful. But then there's the people out there that they don't lose weight right away. They get very discouraged and they quit. But what they don't know is that a lot of healing is happening, even though the weight might not be coming off right away. Your body's doing something. It is. It's just not releasing the weight right away. The weight will come. I always tell that to people. I'm like, the weight loss will come. Your body's healing first. So all you have to do is trust this process. And that really comes with your mindset shift. If you can trust this process and trust that keeping your insulin low for long periods of time will be a healing property for your body, if you can shift your mindset. And honestly, I don't really think that like, it doesn't, at least for me, it didn't take a lot because the proof was in the pudding. The first month I saw so many health benefits that it didn't take a lot of convincing of the mind. Yes, it the shift happened over like a year. It, I think it's still happening, you know? Um, but my point is, is that if you trust this process, you will eventually experience weight loss. Will it happen in the first month? I don't know. Everybody's so different, but it will eventually happen. I mean, I have seen people and I know you have too who are years into this process who are still working towards their weight loss goal and that's just the way some people have their journey because this journey never ends it's not something that ends you're on this journey for life great but that's life life's 100%. a journey I think the other thing is you just got to give it time. And, you know, I always Absolutely. say to people, when people come to me for help, I, the first thing I'll say to them is, can I get a commitment from you six to 12 months minimum? Yes or no? Yeah. 
And they'll yeah. say, well, yeah. you know, what's going to happen in that six to 12 months? I'll say, well, the first question is, are you committed to this for six or 12 months? Okay, I'll commit to six to 12 months. Okay, what is your why for doing this? Why do you want to do it? What is your intention? What is your catalyst for doing this? And why do you want to commit for six to 12 months? What is it that you want to do when you get the weight off your body? What is stopping you now with the weight on your body? What are the things that you can't do? What are all the things yeah. that are causing you grief in your life because of the weight on your body? And then I'll say to them, also, what are you going to be able to do when you when you can get the weight off your body? What are all the things that are going to open up to you? Are there things that you want to do? Are there goals and aspirations that you walk past that shop and so often you see that beautiful dress you want to wear or you wear that suit if you're a guy that you want to wear? Is there a somewhere you want to go and do something? Do you want to go and do bungee jumping in New Zealand, but you can't because you're too heavy as I was? Do you want to go and up in the Grand Canyon and hop into a helicopter and fly through the Grand Canyon and not get kicked off the helicopter like I did because I was too heavy? Do you want to do all those things that now open up to you? You want to go hiking in the Himalayas because you can. You're a fit, healthy person once you get the weight off your body and you're free from the burden of obesity. So when you line up all the whys, there's some pretty powerful stuff to think about at the start, but it's giving yourself that time, minimum six to 12 months. And then in the first few weeks, you're adjusting, you're changing the whole way that you're rewiring that you've been told your whole life how you have to eat food. So it's going to take time. You've got to settle into mm -hmm. that. It's going to take a few weeks, if not several weeks, to be able to settle into that. You know, you're a person that's doing OMAD, you're only eating once a day, and you're a person like me that was eating 30, 40 times a day, then that's a big mindset shift to be able to do that. You know, I'm fasting for it 16 is. hours, and it is a problem some people just skipping lunch. I just told that story about my mate, but some people find that really difficult to get through to lunchtime oh, sure. or skip lunch as well sure. and then go to dinner. They find it oh, yeah. really hard. And then they come mm -hmm. to an eating window and they get lost and they think, well, you know, I fasted all day, so I can now eat whatever I want. And they go on this binge of processed foods and then they stand on the scale and they go, this isn't working. I'm not losing any weight. Well, hey, I'm here uh, to tell you, if you start intermittent fasting, just simply because you want to binge eat in your window, it's not going to work because you start your window by eating four Krispy Kreme donuts and have three Cokes during your eating window. Guess what? You're not going to find the weight loss that you want. But if you're gentle no. on yourself and you settle into a lifestyle where A, you nail the clean fast first, that's the most important thing when you start. If you can do that, you're halfway there. And then just, you know, Absolutely. start in your eating window the way you normally eat. And then eventually you'll turn into a food snob like most of us do because you'll gravitate towards high quality foods. And that's what happened to me. I turned into a food snob. I never knew I was going to be a food snob, but I actually did. Did you become a food snob? Guilty. Yes, totally guilty. Um yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's it's funny because I have a lot of clients come to me and they say, oh, well, once I open my window, I can eat whatever I want, right? I'm, you know, it, it, yes and no, because I, I do say, like, it depends who you are, you know, but like, if you're a, a healthier person that's younger, I'll be like, yeah, go ahead and eat what you want. But the thing is, is like, your body will tell you this is not working for you. but some people don't have that cue. Some people just don't have it in them because they've been basically metabolically screwed up their entire life from dieting their whole life. So I've literally had clients that have left me and come back because they were like, I need your tough love again, because I went to a coach that told me I could eat whatever I want. 
and I gained all my weight back. Can you please put me back on the right path? Because I'm not going to tell you eat whatever you want, but I'm not going to tell you what to eat either. I'm going to tell you to eat a densely nutritious, high protein, low carb diet, especially if you're over 40, whether you're male or female, but at, to that, yes, there's a lot of um, misunderstandings about the fact that no, we don't eat whatever we want, but it's a little different for you and me because what we want is the good stuff and you will get there if you're just starting intermittent fasting and you're like, well, I don't like avocado and I don't like healthy food or whatever it is um, that you are trying to eat more of and eat less of the processed crap. Um, your body will eventually want the healthy food and not want the processed crap because you are going to feel so much better eating the healthy food. And it's going to be so much more apparent. Your, your fast will be so much more worth it. And we just say it all the time. Like, is this worth our eating window? Is this worth the sex 16, 17, 18, 20 hours we fasted? by putting this into our bodies, because you're going to know it so much sooner than you did before when your body was being fed, you know, six, seven, eight times a day, whatever it was, you're going to know it right away. Is this food good for me or is it not good for me? Am I wrong about that? hundred percent right. And I think, you know, it's all for me about complementing the effort of that clean fast. You know, if I yeah. am fasting 20, 22 hours during the week and then on the weekend, 16, 18 hours, I want to make my eating window worthy. I want to, you know, I eat what I want, but what I want is good, nutritious, healthy food. It's not constantly yeah. ultra highly processed foods full of, you know, carbohydrates and sugar. I just don't want that. So when you say you can eat whatever you want, but if what eating you want means you want to eat really good quality food, so you go to bed at night, you feel good, you're not rolling around, you're not restless, you're not, you can't sleep because of all that rubbish that's going around in your body. And we don't want to sound mm. like evangelists here, Michelle, you know, and we don't want to judge people for what they eat or anything. But at the same time, it's an important message that in time you will find that you will gravitate towards high quality foods. And that's just a process of an intermittent fasters journey. And I think if you talk to sort of a hundred intermittent fasters that have been doing this for more than three years, you'll probably find 85, 90 of them will say that, you know, you might have those oh, ones sure. that will still say, well, Hey, I ate, I ate all this sort of highly processed stuff and I lost all this weight and that's great. But sometimes you've also got to check what's going on on the insides because we worry about the outsides a lot, don't we? But an important message for you and I as podcasters and, and, you know, and people that are leading other people, we should say that, you know, go to your doctor, get a check, get some bloods done, find out what's going on in the insides as well. You know, get a check on your cholesterol, find out what the numbers are, because it's not just about the numbers on the scale. It's really important to know what's going on in the insides as well. And I say to people when they start, just getting back to that, go to your doctor, get a full set of bloods done, um, all of that, get all the numbers, and then go back again in six and 12 months time and get those measurements on the insides and not just worry about what's going on on the outsides. That's a great point. That, that is such a good point because you could lose not a pound and your labs could completely change for the positive. And if that's not a win, I really don't know what is. So um, yeah, I, I tell people the same thing. Please go to your doctor, get your labs done. Don't take supplements blindly. And 
you know, to be honest, I, I've, we talk about the journey all the time. And I just said pre previously before, this is a journey that never ends. And for me, you know, that is true. And I'm sure it is for you too, because like, I was opening my window at things that I thought were great, you know, um, and lo and behold, it was not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still not now, but this was a while ago. I, it was, I'm still learning. I'm still learning and, um, you know, reflecting that knowledge back to my clients, back to everyone who's listening to my podcast. And, you know, I'll be honest, I was a, one of these people who was all about opening my window with a smoothie because I thought, well, if I get a good quality protein powder, I'm putting it in with a bunch of, you know, fruit and nutrients and this and that. And, but I couldn't really understand. It's like, um, it wasn't making me feel very good. And then I came to um, a very huge awakening. <laughs> this wasn't that long ago. It was over the summer. Um, and I learned about oxalates in food. And I don't really want to get too much on my soapbox right now. But um, basically, plants have defense mechanisms, just as animals do. And there are certain plants that we consume that have higher oxalate content than others. And to bore you, not bore your audience or bore you, I was eating a very toxic amount of spinach, which is a very high oxalate um, vegetable. So I was probably on the brink of oxalate poisoning um, and I wasn't feeling good at all. And I had completely, I was at a loss. I didn't really understand it because I was doing everything else right. I'm like, why do I feel this way? And so I went to the library and I came across this book and I've heard of oxalate before, but I wasn't really like, I'm like, how could plants be bad for you? And they're, I'm not saying that they are, but there are certain ones you should not consume too much of like spinach, for example, super high oxalates almonds, super high oxalates. So when I learned about this um, from this book I checked out from the library, um, I said, you know, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try removing these high oxalate foods from my diet. And Graham, I'm going to tell you, I feel like a different human now. I don't, I was like bloated for no reason. And now I don't have that anymore. Like so many di like weird digestive things that I didn't have, like that I had were cured from fasting that were starting to pop up again. And I'm like, what's going on? And as soon as I took these so-called healthy foods out, I'm a whole nother person now. So I'm not saying that plants are bad. Don't, <laughs> plants are good. I was, um, I think in our first episode and maybe even in the second one that I did with you, I was widely plant-based, but I'm, I'm not anymore. <laughs> I'm quite the opposite, actually. Um, I would say if anything, I'm, I know you haven't asked, but I'm like on the brink of being a carnivore mm. for sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, it gets back to being the experiment of one, doesn't it? You know, we're oh, continually- absolutely. You know, we're continually tweaking on this journey. It doesn't mean how long you've been doing it, three, four, five, six, seven, ten years. It doesn't matter. 
you are continually an experiment of one. So when you're finding things out like that, and you know, when it comes to our nutrition, it's so important to know what's in our food and our, our beverages as well, because for the first 50 odd years of my life, I never read a nutrition label. I, I didn't care. I had no idea what was in the food and drink that I was having. I had no idea the chemicals or whatever they were putting in it. I took no notice. And that's the reason I got to the weight I was. And that's why I was so obese because I wasn't understanding the foods that I was consuming and the damage they were doing to my body. When I started taking notice and I started learning about nutrition and I started looking at nutrition labels, the whole world opened up. And all of a sudden I realized that 80% of the food on our supermarket shelves is actually toxic to the human body and not fit for consumption. And I was going, wow, these people are selling us these foods. And yet that's why we've got this problem with obesity because the people out there don't know what they're putting in these foods. And then when you find out what's in our food, it becomes so freeing, but you get the knowledge and then you've got the power, right? Because then you can say to yourself, I know that that food's not working for me. That's a trigger for me. And so when I was losing the yeah. weight, and I was able to correlate that on the scale. I'd stand on the scale and I'd say, okay, well, I know why my weight's spiking. It's that food that I'm having. Because I, you as a sugar addict, I had to find out all the foods that were high in sugar that I loved that I didn't know were high in sugar. I had no clue that baked beans were so high in sugar. I love baked beans with all my heart. You know, it's like country and Western baked beans, you know, sitting around the campfire. <laughs> I loved it. I used to yeah. eat them on toast all the time. You know, so I'd have baked beans on toast, then I'd have the butter, then I'd have the bread, then I'd have the orange juice, and then I'd have, you know, the yogurts and something else. And then when you add up all that, the amount of sugar in that that I was having and carbohydrates, that's where I had a problem. And then pile on yeah, the fast yeah. food, that's where I had a problem. Sure. So once I learned what was in my food, the whole world changed. And the other important thing is know what's in your beverages. Once I understood oh, that yeah. Coke had 10 teaspoons of sugar in it or Things like Mountain Dew had so much sugar in it. Man, it sort of really starts turning you off, even putting it in your body anymore. So, yeah, something to think about, just learning about those things as well along the way. But we're getting towards the end of it now. But I really wanted to just tap into another, you know, more experience from you while you're here. You know, and the other question I had is, what is the role of mindset in IF as far as you're concerned? I mean, for me, mindset, is nearly everything when it comes to living this lifestyle and a journey, because it is a whole you mindset in every facet, beginning, middle, and when you get into maintenance, it's all mindset. Mindset is, I, I have, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. And if you come into this with the mindset, if it, I'm going to do this as a diet to lose weight and that's that and whatever, um, you might have some success, but I would bet my life on it that you probably will gain the weight back. But if you go into it with a mindset, mindset that you are going to change your lifestyle, your whole lifestyle is going to change. The whole way that you've been taught how to eat, you have to unlearn it. You have to relearn how to eat. And once you do that, once you switch, flip that switch and you, your mindset turns, because it's not going to happen overnight. It happens over time. You have to give it time. If you can commit to this, like you said, for six to 12 months, your mindset will follow. It will follow. But you have to trust the process and you have to give it time. You have to commit. And once you do, you won't want to go back. 
you will not want to go back. It's too, it's too good on this side. Yeah, I too agree. Good. And the mindset for me is continually shifting. And we just did something about oh, yeah. mindset shifts in our Patreon community because the mindset when you start out is you're hopeful, you're thinking this, I hope this is going to work, this thing called intermittent fasting. I hope this is going to be me. I hope I finally found something that's actually going to work for me and I can sustain it, right? So you're full of hope and all that sort of thing. And then I think your mindset starts shifting once you actually get into it for a few weeks or a few months. And then you start seeing some of the health benefits that we talk about or the NSVs or the non-scale victories aside from the weight loss. You start seeing things changing in your body. And for me, it was the skin, the psoriasis that was blowing my mind. Mm. I was going, wow, didn't matter what diet I did before or whatever I was doing, that never changed. And all of a sudden it was right. through intermittent fasting. Yes. That's where the mindset shift started. Oh, you know what? There's something very different about this thing. You know, I'm going to stick with this. I'm, this has motivated me to inspired me to stay the course with this because there's other things going on. And once I learned more and more about the process, I, I learned more about the science. I understood what was going on while I was fasting, that sort of thing. It became clear to me. And then when I got to getting the weight off my body and I was at maintenance, so I remember standing on the scales and I was thinking, what? I'm done. I'm there. And then I got off the scales and I remember sitting, driving in my car to work one day and I was thinking, well, what do I do now? The wow and the power and the euphoria is gone. I'm not, I don't have any more weight to lose. I'm here. I've arrived. What happens now? How am I going to keep this It's a little unnerving. Off? Yeah. How am I going to keep this off? You know, and all the rest of it. But I, right. are you enough about intermittent fasting that I was convinced that, you know, if I needed to, I had the tools to be able to apply them in a maintenance lifestyle, but I just wasn't sure how I was going to set up maintenance because I wanted to find some flexibility. I was a bit worried about, is that flexibility going to lead to regain? So the mindset yeah. shift started happening again. And then I right. was also dealing with identity crisis because I was a guy that lost 60 kilos, 132 pounds off my body. And I looked completely different. And I, right. I had people that known me for 20 years walk past me in the street. They didn't even recognize me. And I was starting to freak out. I was thinking, man, people don't even know who I am anymore. I've lost my identity. I'd be down at the shops and yeah. I'd look in the mirror and I'd go, who the hell is that? That's not Graham Curry. Who's that weirdo? And, um, you know, all those sorts of things. And I was telling someone yesterday, I was in the bathroom and I was washing my hair. And I got out of the shower and I... I was drying my hair with a towel and I looked in the mirror and I physically jumped because I thought somebody else was in the bathroom with me. <laughs> oh, I didn't no. recognize the person that I was looking at. It was so weird. And it I found is. that just that identity crisis and not walking down the street and having people look at me because I was a big obese guy or people sniggering. I was, I was just normal. I just fitted in. I was like walking along and nobody cared about you anymore. Nobody was mm. making jokes about you anymore. Nobody was laughing at you. All those things, they just weren't happening. And I was thinking, wow, this is really great. And then I had to learn to live with that. So when people get a lot of weight off their body and 50 pounds for you at five foot three is a lot of weight. And you see those changes and then people might look at you, but then start looking at you for the right reasons rather than the wrong reasons. Right. And then you go, wow, okay. That never happened before. And then other things. So that mindset shifted in. You're in maintenance. You've been in maintenance now for a few years like I have. And for me, I start thinking about, well, what am I going to do now for the rest of my life? I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to help others. I'm going to make this a passion. I have a personal goal of helping 1 million people find better health. And I don't care how long that takes, but I just want to do it. And 
you know, I think if it's we wonderful. can help others like you are, Michelle, it's a great thing. But Michelle, we're about to wind it up. But just before we go, the standard question I always ask all my guests, as you know, at the end, is just some words of wisdom and some advice to somebody sitting out there that may have been in our position, might be 30, 40, 50, 100, 150, 200 pounds overweight right now. And they're listening to us and they're thinking, man, I want to give this a go. But, you know, how can I give it a go? Where do I start and why should I give it a go? Um, well, to that person who might be listening, um, I really would urge you just to start and give it a go and give it a try. Because if you don't try something, you're not going to know. This is something I never, ever would have imagined myself doing. I was a person who had food with me at all times well before I had children. <laughs> snacks in my purse, in my pockets. I never thought I could do this. And if you start small, or if you're a person who likes to, you know, dive right in, just simply starting is where you really need to get to is just day one. And don't consider it like day one of a hundred, consider it day one of the rest of your life. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining me, Michelle. I really enjoy it talking to you. You're welcome. As you know, you're one, of my, you're one of my favorite people in the intermittent fasting global community. I think you're amazing. You. And anybody out there, uh, I would really recommend that you take a listen to Michelle's podcast, Fast and Fabulous podcast. You can find that on all the regular platforms. Uh, if you're interested in Michelle's coaching, we'll put the link in the show notes there. And you can certainly go to her website and check that out as well. And she's just a really lovely person to talk to. And I think she's amazing and will help a lot of people in the future. If you're interested in my own coaching, you'll find that on my website at www.thefastinghighway.com. Or if you want to join my Patreon community, you'll find that link in the show notes. But anyway, Michelle, thanks for joining me again. And I look forward to doing some more stuff with you in the future. 100% Graham. We got to get you back on the Fast and Fabulous podcast. Uh, we will, we were going to make that happen. We're going to make it happen very soon. Well, why don't we just do it now? We'll do it back to back. <laughs> I got to go tuck my kids in. <laughs> but I've got to go start by Wait, now. We are going to do it. Yeah, I know. We're like on different sides of the globe, but we're making it happen. Thank you, Graham, for having me on. It's been always a, always a pleasure. Always so much no, fun. Thank you, Michelle. Talk to you soon. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you for coming back onto the podcast again and sharing those wonderful insights around your intermittent fasting lifestyle and IF in general. And I think people will take a lot away from it. If you want to connect with Michelle, you can find her at the Fast and Fabulous podcast website, or you can also find her on Instagram under the handle Clean Fasting Mama. Okay, folks, as you heard, the podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. Without the support of our Patreon members, we simply couldn't be doing what we're doing and bringing you this podcast, running the Fasting Highway Facebook group, and advocating for IF globally. So if you feel like you want to support that and come and get some accountability for your own intermittent fasting lifestyle, the Patreon community is a great place to do that. For your support, the benefits you get back include two Zoom accountability meetings each month in your time zone. We do two in the Southern Hemisphere, two in the Northern Hemisphere at friendly times to suit everybody. There's also added podcasts, bonus content, and much more in the Patreon community. So take a look at that. You can find the link in the show notes there at www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway. Anyway, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.